Welcome to CT Church. This message was recorded during our Sunday service. We hope you enjoy this presentation. Well, this morning, I want to share with you about the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind. That's the title of this message this morning, The Greatest Gift. Two days from now, most of the world's going to shut down for Christmas. Most of the stores will be closed. Offices will be closed. Come Tuesday morning, there will be relatively light traffic on our streets and our highways. And when you stop and think about it, it is so amazing that an event that happened over 2,000 years ago can still have that profound of an effect on us today uh, here completely on the other side of the world. You know, we even date our calendars by this event. Every time you state uh, the date, 2018, whatever year it happens to be, all your life when you've been saying what day it is, that date gives testament to the fact that Jesus Christ was born. You know, Christmas of 2018, it's a, it's a reference point to that exact event in human history. So whenever I hear an atheist, a, a self-proclaimed atheist, say a date, they are unknowingly, apparently, professing and acknowledging the birth of Jesus Christ, which I always find very amusing. So, what is it that's so special and so different about Christmas from all the other holidays? Today I want to briefly look at three things about Christmas. I call them the three R's of Christmas. And I'm very thankful that I can stand up here this morning and say the three R's of Christmas. Because when I was in third grade when everyone else was in English class, I would be dismissed to a special English class, speech therapy, and basically what it involved, it was me sitting there for about 30 minutes, but it seemed like a day, going, doing this. Apparently, I don't remember, but apparently I had some problems with my R's. I guess when I said my name, I said it sounded like Doug Wobbets or something. And so, so they, they put in R. So I'm just thrilled today that I can get up here in front of you, all of you, and say the three R's of Christmas. It's a very important part of my life. And here are the three R's of Christmas. The first one is the relevance of Christmas. Why is it so important? The second R of Christmas is the reason for Christmas. Why did God do this? And the third R is the result of Christmas. What difference does it make in our lives? So let's begin with number one. The relevance of Christmas. I can sum up the relevance of Christmas in four words. God came to earth. You know, during World War II, it was big news when the Allies invaded Normandy on D-Day. But it was much bigger news when God invaded Earth a little over 2,000 years ago. It was very big news when men on uh, the evening of, I forget the date, July, I was watching it on TV. I think I was 10 years old, 11 years old. 
Huge news when man walked on the moon. How, how many of you remember watching that black and white telecast? Several of us old people remember that. That was big news, wasn't it? But I have to say it was much, much bigger news when Jesus walked on planet Earth. Not only did God come to Earth, He came in the form of a human being. Now notice what the Bible says in Colossians 1, 15 through 16. It reads, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. He existed before God made anything at all. And in fact, Christ Himself is the Creator who made everything in heaven and earth. So Jesus actually did not begin His existence in that little stable in Bethlehem. He existed before the creation of mankind. In fact, this tells us that Jesus and God are creators in one. He and God are one. You know, you've all probably heard and probably used the phrase, well, like father, like son, right? That is certainly never more true when it comes to describing God and Jesus Christ. If you've seen the son, you've seen the father. The Bible also says he became like men and was born a human being. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If I had been God, I can only speak for myself. I don't know how you would have done this. But I probably would not have done it the way God did it. I have to think that I would have come to earth in a little bit more spectacular way because, you know, I'm all powerful if I'm God. You know, a little more pizzazz, a little more uh, flash. I don't know for sure. Maybe I think I would have planned it during a Super Bowl halftime show. You know, when all the world is watching. Uh, something like that, you know, lots of fireworks, lightning, thunder, you know, something spectacular, that sort of thing. And I probably would have had all the world leaders just line up on the 50-yard line to bring their millions of dollars of gifts to present to me because, hey, I'm God. I don't know how you'd have done it. But God, boy, he had a completely different idea, didn't he? different from anything that, you know, any of us probably would have come up with. He would come into this world exactly the same way as everybody else. He would just be born into it. And I have to think that probably shocked the angels in heaven to think that the all-powerful God who created the heavens and the universe and everything would completely humble Himself and come down to this little lowly planet Earth in human form. And not only that, but be born of very, very common peasants outside in this dirty little stable in this little one-horse town. Absolutely zero fanfare, right? All of God's plan was wrapped up in that fragile little infant. Now why would he do that? Of all the spectacular ways that he could have came to earth, why come as just a regular baby? This is my theory. You can take it or leave it. It's not in the Bible. It's my own personal theory. I don't have any scriptural proof. But this is my hunch. Are we good with that? Take it or leave. 
I think he came that way because he came to save us all, not to scare us all. And nobody is afraid of a baby. With the exception of the father of a newborn who was left in charge with a baby for more than, let's say, 15 or 20 minutes. Then fear begins to creep. But other than that, we don't fear babies, do we? God could have certainly chose to come to earth in ways that uh, you know, would have scared the daylights out of people with the lightning and the thunder is a big thing. Could have had everyone running in terror, but he didn't do that. He came in in such a way that each of us could relate to it because we had all shared that very same experience. Every one of us was born into this world through the womb of our mother. The Bible tells us that Jesus was, in every sense, a human being. When He came to earth, He purposely limited Himself so that He could be both God and man at the same time. When He walked on earth, He, he, couldn't, he didn't just transport Himself somewhere. He couldn't walk through walls. If He went to somewhere, how did He get there? He walked there, just like everybody else. He limited Himself. He was born just like us, and he had to grow up just like we did. You know, I, I doubt he walked around in some spotless white robe with a little halo glowing over the top of his head from infancy on up. You know, from, from infanthood, he grew into a, a toddler, a child. He was a, you know, a little kid that probably picked his nose once in a while, just like all of us did. And Mary would say, you, you stop that. That's my guess. He was completely human. And then he had to go through the teenage years and develop into manhood from there. And yet, all this while, never sinned. How many of you parents can even fathom a teenager that never sinned? We can't, can we? Because we were all teenagers. We know how that goes. We know he worked in a carpenter's shop. Pretty heavy, stout labor. So he was uh, most likely very lean and muscular. But yet still kind of an ordinary, regular looking person. The Bible says that he was also tempted in every way that we are tempted. He probably had his share of attractive young ladies that thought he was a pretty good looking guy. Maybe tried to move in, so to speak. But apparently, obviously, he was wise enough to always know he had neither the time nor the money for any of that. No, the Bible says he never even owned a pillow to put under his head. He certainly didn't have money for a woman, right? The thing is, he knew, he always knew why he was here. The Bible tells us he had the same types of struggles that we have. He endured the same temptations, the same problems, all of the same sufferings. There were probably times that he, working in a wood shop, whacked his hand with a hammer, his thumb with a hammer. And I'm going to guess the first thought in his head was not, Blessed art thou, hammer, for thou hast smitest my thumb. 
was probably not the first thought, and yet we know he did not sin. It is possible, men, to whack your thumb with a hammer and not sin. Just need to know that. There were times when Jesus was lonely, times when he was discouraged, times when he was tired and frustrated. And you know what? That's actually good news for all of us because that means he understands exactly how we feel sometimes, right? He's not a God that doesn't understand what it's like to be human. He knows all about it because he was one. But here's a, here's a sad truth in my mind. For a lot of people today, at this time of year, Christmas is not a very happy time. Christmas has a way of stirring up uh, lots of negative emotions in a lot of people. It could be grief over the loss of loved ones or, or uh, depression over various things in life. Some of that depression could be where people think, well, here's another year come and gone. I'm no different than I was before. Things haven't gotten any better in my life. Things like that that affect people at Christmas time. And if that's how you feel today in, in one way or another, at least know this Jesus understands you completely, He understands how you feel. But you also need to know He's got an answer for it. He wants you to know you can have victory over these feelings in your life. But He understands it. He understands because one, He created you, and two, He was human Himself for a while. And what we and millions of others will celebrate this week is not uh, the birth of just another average person, right? We celebrate the birth of the God of the universe. It's a really big deal. Christmas is a big deal because of its relevance. God came to earth as a human being, and that's what split B.C. into A.D., the most significant event in human history. But of all that, that's not even the best news. The best news is why He came. That brings us to the second R, the reason for Christmas. The reason for Christmas is this. He came for your benefit. He came for my benefit. All of our benefit. He came for us. He came because you and I, we needed Him to come. You may not even realize it, but the truth is, you needed Him to come. And I'm going to give you four reasons why Jesus came to earth. The first reason is He came to show us what God is like. You know, some people have a lot of crazy ideas about God, who He is, what He's like. But the truth is that Jesus came to earth so that we could see what God is really like. All you have to do is go outside and look at nature. And you can figure out a few things about God. He's very creative, right? Unbelievable. The most creative being that ever existed. 
He's very powerful. You just look, you look at the force of wind and the force of waves and water. Even the perfect rotation of the earth in conjunction with the universe around us and how gravity works because of that. We can see that God really loves variety and beauty. We can see it just by looking at nature. Amen? Here's a sample of God's beauty. That's a pretty beautiful picture, isn't it? Here's a sample of His incredible variety. I don't care what you say. That's variety right there. Man, oh man. That's a real deal. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to run into it in a dark alley, right? A lot of variety. But there are several other things that uh, would have been wouldn't have been nearly as easy to notice about God had it not been for Jesus. Jesus showed us that God is so loving and He's caring and He's forgiving. That's the first reason He came. The second reason God came to earth is this. He came to show us what life should be like and how we should be living it. Now listen to this because here's the real truth about the majority of the human population. The majority of people living on planet Earth are not really, in fact, living. Did that get your attention? They're really not living. They're just existing. And there is a big difference between the two. So there's a lot of people. The Bible tells us it's the majority. People go to work. They go to school in the morning. They come home. They watch some TV. They go to bed. They do it all over again and again and again for 70, 80, maybe 90 years, some cases 100, and then we, we die. That's just a fact of life. And some of these people are never fully alive. They're just simply existing. One of the most famous things that Jesus ever said was this. He said, I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly, not just existing until you die. Jesus never one time said, I'm going to come, I've come so that you can all be religious. He never said that. He said, I have come to make you fully alive and to show you the kind of life that God wants you to live while you're here on earth, but until you get connected with your Creator, you're never going to live that full life. You're just going to exist. You're just going to exist. So you have to, you have to make a call today. Am I really living or am I just simply existing? And at the end of this service, we're going to give everyone an opportunity to make sure you're not just existing, but that you are fully living this life that God gave you. God gave you your life. The third reason God came to earth, He came to show us that we can trust God. You know, you're never going to trust somebody that you don't really know, right? If you do, if you make a habit of trusting people you don't really know, I'm going to guess that you also make it a habit of, of suffering really unpleasant consequences in your life. 
The only reason that some people don't trust God is because they don't really know Him. Because here's the truth. The more we know God, the more we trust Him. To know Him is to trust Him. The fourth reason God came to earth, He came to bring us forgiveness so we can go to heaven. That should be the goal in life, to make it to heaven. Because the alternative is incredibly unpleasant. The goal for all of us should be to make it to heaven, and that's why God sent His Son. Jesus came to earth to die for all of the things that we've ever done wrong and to pay the price for our sins so that we could be forgiven. That's called grace. We all need to experience God's grace in our life. It's the only way we'll ever make it to heaven because none of us are perfect. We have to have God's grace. We have to experience it. Why? Because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. You might be one of the greatest people walking around on planet earth. You're still not perfect. I don't know what you've done, but you've done something wrong. I guarantee it. You can fool Some of the people, some of the time, in fact, I have learned while being in ministry, you can fool all of the people all of the time. But I'm telling you, the day's coming when you're going to stand before the one person you were never able to fool. That day's coming. And I've said this before, you know, some people really feel proud of themselves because they know they're fooling all the people all the time. Scientists have proven this. Psychologists have, modern psychology has proven that most people operate on only about 10% of their, the power of their brain, the capacity of their brain. We use about 10%. That means we're all operating at about a 90% brain deficiency. And you're going to be all proud that you can fool us? We're only working on 10% here. You can probably fool us all day long. But you're never going to fool God. We're never going to fool God, are we? So, God sacrificed a lot to make all of this happen for us. He left heaven. He became human only to have us humans nail Him to a cross and inflict untold amounts of physical pain that He would have never had to endure if He had just stayed there in heaven. Why would Jesus put Himself through all of that? And there's only one answer, and it's a very simple answer. Because He loves each of you. Each of us. He loves us so much, to Him it was worth it. It's a love so deep that we absolutely cannot comprehend it. I think the closest that humanity comes to comprehending that love is a mother's love for her child. I'm not saying we don't dad, we dads don't love our kids. I, I just don't know if it's at that same level of moms. It's just how he created women. There is a difference between men and women, right? You can tell everyone you know your pastor said so. And if they have issue with that, they can come talk to me. There's a difference. I'm glad there's a difference. How many of you are glad there's a difference between men and women? Yeah, right. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Man, it's nothing we should have to lament or be sad. Man, it's a great thing. 
That's a different sermon. I'm, I'm getting off my notes here, but I just threw that in for free. You know, He loves us so much with a love we can't comprehend. How much does God love us? Well, we know He gave us one example. When Jesus stretched out His arms on a cross as far as they would go, and He was saying, I love you this much. That's what He was saying. I created you and I'm willing to die for you. You've probably all seen stickers and buttons and signs that says, Jesus is the reason for this season. You've seen those. And that is, that is certainly true, but I'm going to throw a, a little bit of twist in there. L hear me out. Let me give you what I think is an even deeper truth, and that is this. In fact, we are the reason for the season. I'm not trying to make us all sound conceited. I'm trying to point out a truth that Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus, but the only reason Jesus was born into this world was for us. Jesus came here for us, for our sole benefit. And believe me, if you didn't absolutely need what Jesus has to offer us, He would have never put himself through all of that pain and misery. There'd have been no point. You and I are the real reason for Christmas, and Jesus was God's ultimate gift to us. Amen? and toys we knew we'd find but we never realized a baby born one blessed night gave us the greatest gift of our lives we were the reason that he gave his life we were the reason that he suffered and died to a world that was lost he gave all he could give to show us the reason to live went by we learn more about gifts and giving of ourselves and what that means on a dark and cloudy day a man hung crying in the rain because of love because of That he gave his life. We were the reason that he suffered and died. To a world that was lost. 
The relevance of Christmas is that God came to the earth as a human being. And the reason He came was for our benefit. And I want to wrap it up this morning by talking about the result of Christmas. The result of Christmas. The result is that we can know God on a personal level. Like we know any one of our best friends. We can know Jesus that well and better. We can actually have a personal relationship with the person who created everything. Everything. God wants to be your friend. In fact, that is the sole reason that you exist. You exist to have a relationship with God. That's the only reason you're living and breathing and walking on planet earth today. And if you fail to have that relationship with Jesus, then you have completely blown your entire reason for existing. A personal relationship with Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift to any of us. God is saying, I want you to know me just as well as I know you. And let me tell you, He knows everything about us. He knows all the good stuff. And he knows all the bad stuff, which is why he knew he had to come die for us because we weren't going to get rid of it all on our own. The thing is this, you, you have to receive the gift. He's offering it. He's extending his hand. You have to reach out and receive it if it's going to make any difference in your life. Because here's another truth. A wonderful gift that is unopened is a worthless gift. Think about it. God has this incredible gift for you, but it is absolutely worthless, worthless unless you decide to receive it and accept it. Romans 5.11 is a great and powerful promise from God. It says this, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. Take notice of that word, wonderful. Jesus is the most wonderful gift that will ever be given to any of us. Nothing even compares to this gift of Jesus. Not even a BB gun. You know, Janet, how many of you love that movie, A Christmas Story? You know, little Ralphie, he wants that Rough Rider BB gun. And I love that movie because it reminds me so much of my own Christmas growing, I'd leave the little hints and things about what I wanted, you know. 
And I remember one Christmas, I wanted a BB gun. That's before this movie ever came around. And I didn't, and, and right, right before Christmas, because my mom was not going to let me have a BB gun. Why? Because you'll, you shoot your eye out. My dad got me the BB gun. Man, I was so happy. So I, I could relate to this, you know. But there's something at the end of that movie where Ralphie, now he's an adult and he's kind of narrating back. He's laying there in bed and the snow is falling. And he says, I'll always remember that Christmas because that was the single greatest gift I ever received in my life. And at that point, I thought, well, that's kind of sad. If a BB gun is the greatest thing you've ever received in life, boy, are you missing out. Because Jesus is, in fact, the greatest gift any of us will ever receive. Amen? You know, in just a couple of days, you'll probably open up a bunch of gifts. Some of those gifts may be a little impersonal. Some may be completely impractical. But you're still going to go, oh, thank you. I love this. What, what is this again? Might be things you'll never use. Some might be very, very temporary. They may break before the day is over. But none of those adjectives will ever apply to God's gift to us. God's gift is very, very personal. For unto you is born a Savior. Doesn't get any more personal than that. Doesn't say for unto some people. It says for unto you. God's gift is very practical. We need this gift more than we need anything else in life. And only wisdom will allow us to understand that. God's gift is priceless. Jesus paid for it with His life. And God's gift is permanent. Isn't that great? It'll last for all of eternity. Doesn't even need a warranty because it never expires. It's just there. That gift lasts forever. It'll never wear out. It'll never break. It'll never diminish in value. It is forever and ever. Let me ask a very personal question this morning. How many more Christmases are you going to allow yourself to go through before you finally accept this greatest of all gifts? You know, it's, it's like celebrating Christmas year after year, but never opening the biggest present under the tree. We got to open it. You have been listening to CT Church in San Antonio, Texas. This recording was presented in the context of our Sunday service. For more information, please visit us at ctagsa.com. Connect with us on Facebook or call us at 210-657-3578.